Good morning. There we go. Sounds like life in here, and we are so excited. So I would just like to welcome you all here to church um, this amazing Sunday. And once again, I would also like to say hi to everybody that has joined us online. Please, I like doing this. Wherever you are watching from, just please climb in the comments. Um, tell us where you're from. Say hi. We've got people that want to say hi to you as well. And everybody here in the auditorium is going to welcome you. So everybody, can we give them a round of applause? Because... Um, they are warm in bed, and we've got awesome coffee. Yeah, so it's good to have you guys here today. We are in for something amazing. Why? Not because of the preach, but today is a day that we celebrate, as Louis and Allison have mentioned, today is Pentecost. Today is a phenomenal day, just because of that word. Pentecost is the day, you know, it was just like this, the... Um, Disciples, they were all chilled, waiting together, praying together in a single room. And then, while they were waiting, the Holy Spirit swept through that place. How many of you guys need a sweeping through of Jesus right now in your lives? Just there where you are, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fill us up. And as the Holy Spirit swept through them, he didn't just fall on them, but he filled them up. And what they saw was fire on their heads of the other disciples, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they literally started changing the world. And what is more important about that is, if it wasn't for Pentecost, we wouldn't be here today. So just have a look around. Look at your neighbor. Look at the ninja next to you, the person that's auditioning for Shredder in the next Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> and you wouldn't be sitting next to them if it wasn't for Pentecost. And the most exciting thing about it is, because of what they walked in, we get to walk in that exact same power today. So come on, let's get excited. I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. And we're going to be chatting in um, Acts chapter 3, and we're going to be reading from verse 1. And this is what it says. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, sorry, that was one. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, we was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. How many of you guys you grew up in Sunday school? How many of you guys know that song? Yeah, don't worry. We won't put bass drums and backing tracks to that. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> but he goes, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, 
walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. How insane is that? Now, let me just point out something quickly. If we go earlier into the book of Luke, chapter 5, Jesus is in a house. He's teaching. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And at this point in time, four friends bring a guy with him. I like to call him the roof guy. Because they literally broke through someone's roof to get this friend into the presence of Jesus. Do you all remember that story? If you don't remember that story, in Luke chapter 5, this guy, he was lame. And there was no space. They couldn't get this guy into the presence of Jesus. The doors were blocked. The, uh, the yard was filled with people. The street was like overflowed with people. And they just wanted their friend to experience a touch from Jesus. So they let him in through the roof. Vandalism 101. That's how we do things. If you can't go through the window, go through the roof. Like the water in my house this week. It came through the roof. We've got a really cool water feature. If you'd like to know how to get it, come and speak to us. <laughs> it is awesome. But in any case, so Jesus sees this man. He looks at their friends and he goes, because of your faith, be healed. And this guy, he gets up in front of everybody and walks out of the house. And it also says at the end of it that everybody was amazed. Everyone that saw it had their minds blown because they knew who this guy was. And when he walked out of there, they all worship God and go, amazing things we have seen today. But something that I want to point out to you, when Jesus did this miracle, do you know who was with him? Peter and John. They were part of the crowd that stood there and were amazed at what just happened. And fast forward now to after Pentecost, they encounter what? A lame man. And when he approaches them, what do they do? The exact same thing that Jesus did. And the people responded in the same way that they did. You see, because of Pentecost, we get to walk in the promise that Jesus told us we would. That greater things we will also do. And so we need to have a look at this as we continue in our series called Power Up. I'd like to give you the title for my message. It is, You Got This. You Got This. You Got This. Hold up, you got it. Look under your chair. Everybody's got it. You got it. I feel like Oprah. Just give out gifts. Because that's what it's all about. Every one of us has got it. What they walked in back then, we get to walk in right now. So, um, did anybody grow up here with uh, Mario Brothers? Yeah. Hey, how many of you guys like, who's ever finished Mario Brothers? 
Wow. You guys are amazing. Um, the thing, what was the coolest thing about Mario Brothers was the power-ups. Hey, you get a mushroom. Hey, mushrooms make you bigger. I've been trying to tell my kids that for like how long? They don't believe me. But, but mushrooms give you a power-up. And then there was the other power-up. What was it? Flower power. Hey, flower power gives you the ability to shoot stuff. Hey, and, and I'm using this illustration because um, there are certain games that we play nowadays that also require you to power up. Now, um, I'm not an avid gamer, but I love playing games when my kids allow me to. So, um, you know, sometimes I have to ask them, can I play games? I've been a good dad. I've loved you. I've put a roof over your head. Can I have some? No, I don't, never mind. But um, we, there's this one specific game that I play, and you have to acquire certain things during the game, like armor, weapons, jewels, um, and, and what this does is it powers up your character. And it doesn't make the game easier. This brings you on par to where you are in the game. Just like Mario Brothers. It powers you up. But how many of you guys know you do not need to get the power-ups to complete the game? So in this one specific game I was playing, man, I was busy with it for two years. Two years I was playing with it, and some guy, he ends up playing my game, and in a weekend, he finishes it. Invested two years of my life, and he finished it in a weekend, and he didn't power up once. And I asked him, why didn't you collect all these things? He's like, oh, I didn't know, and besides, I just wanted to finish the game. And you see, that is exactly what happens in our lives as well. And that's what I want to show us, that oftentimes it happens that as Christians, we go through life not knowing that there are certain things that we get to add to us to build us up. You don't need to operate in these things to get through life. But can I tell you something? It helps you. It helps you move forward. It helps you get to where you need to be. We encounter people and situations. We encounter life where the gifts we receive through the Holy Spirit will help us through things. And not only us, but others as well. Have you ever had those if-only moments? Like, if only I knew that. Like, I was chatting to a friend, and I told him we were just having a discussion about adulting. How's adulting going for all you guys that just finished school? It's going well? Yeah, you guys are smiling, looking good. Adulting is tough. So we were chatting about these things, and um, one thing he brought up is like, if only they had taught us how to do taxes in school. Huh? If only they taught us about raising children in school. Why did I need to find out an angle of a triangle that is not going to help me with SARS? You know, we were chatting about stuff like that, and it's like, if only, we always have those if only moments, if only I knew this, if only I had that, if only I could do this back then. And that is something that we can look at when we look at ourselves with our walk as a Christian. A lot of us need to come to the realization, if only 
I step into what God has for me, what gifts he has for me. If you know about them, you will be able to operate with them. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. We don't operate in the gifts because we we don't operate in the gifts because we don't know them. Because we haven't been taught about them, some of us. Because we just have no clue. And Paul goes, come on, we want you to not be uninformed about this. We want to teach you about this because this can help you. When was the last time you had a good laugh at someone older than you? I know that that sounds bad. But um, I've got a family. Now, when, when we talk about these things, let me ask this. How many of you guys do not yet have a smartphone? I got one for my parents. And for me, that was the most exciting day of my life. Because my parents were always able to teach me about certain things. Except cell phones. So I gave them a cell phone. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And what do you need on a cell phone? For most people older than I, you see, I have to be politically correct, older than me. I'm not giving away ages. Um, They know how to send a message and phone someone. I face called my family once, and I saw the inside of my dad's ear. And I'm like, this is why he's so clever. I can see his brain. It's amazing. Laugh, man. It's not good. But you see, that's the thing. It's just because we are uninformed that we don't know how certain things work. And Paul goes, I don't want you to be uninformed, so let's teach you about it. Let's tell you what the gifts are about because these gifts are going to help you and not just you, but everybody you come into contact with. Because everybody's got a cell phone, but everybody uses their cell phone differently. Everybody's got a gift, but everybody's gift is different And they use it to do different things. There are just a few things that we need to know about the gifts when we get it. And what we're going to be, we're not going to focus on one specific gift, but we're going to be talking about it. There are tons of gifts, and we're going to be sharing with you about them later on in the series. But one thing Peter says in 1 Peter 4 verse 10, he goes, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as, sorry, as faithful students of God's grace in its various form. So who gets a gift? Everybody gets a gift. Come on. Everybody that has received the Holy Spirit through repenting and turning away And following Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, every believer gets a gift. Everyone gets to operate in it. You might just not know you have it, or you might just not know what to do with it. 
And that is why we, we, we want to teach you. We say, come along to our step-in classes. We want to show you how you can get knowledge about the gifts that God is giving you, about how you can use it, and how do we place you in a place where you can live out the gifts that God has given you. So some aren't as obvious as others, but know this, all of them are important in a church context, in life. Everything is important. So one of the main things that we need to know about this is you got it, now you have to use it. I was watching rugby, um, when was it? On Friday. And I haven't watched rugby in years. Uh, by the way, I used to play rugby. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, my wife doesn't believe me either. So um, uh, they, they were coming from a line-out, one of these teams. I think it was the force playing someone else. See, I don't even know the team's names. And as they came out from the line-out, they went straight into a ruck. And the guy at the back, he tried to drive with the ball, and he couldn't get anywhere. And so what does the ref say? Use it. You see, because if you don't use the ball at that moment, you're not going to move forward. You stay stagnant. And that is what we as Christians need to understand when it comes to the gifts that we have. We've got to use it. You can't just stand around and keep it to yourself. You've got to use every single gift. You see, if the disciples didn't walk in the gifting they had, the church wouldn't be where it is today. If we want to see people's reached, people reached, we need to operate and walk in what God has given us. I love what it says um, in Corinthians. Now, I didn't put this one up. It says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 12, Since you are eager for the gifts of the spirits, try to excel in those that build up the church. That is what the gifts are for, is to encourage us, to build us up. Do you have a friend you normally phone when you're feeling down? Anybody? Do you have someone? If you don't, my number is 082-323. I'll be your friend. Phone me. You know, that is what the gifts are all about, is to encourage us, to build us up, to help us move forward. Ephesians 4, 11, 13 says this, So Christ himself gave these gifts, the apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors. I'm a gift. I'm a big gift. A lot of unwrapping. You're going to love this one. So, um, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. The gifts we are is to help you. The gifts you have is to help others. You see, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until what? Until we reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So if you want to know more about Jesus, if you want to grow, we need each other. You know, we, we started this whole journey with Prodeo talking about a series called We Are Better Together. 
And no matter where you look in Scripture, it always points to we have to work together. You have what I need, and I've got what you need. So what you got, you have to use. Everything we do is to encourage each other, help each other, grow each other. Um, when I moved to Cape Town, I didn't know how to make a poiki. So I asked friends to teach me how to make a poiki. My wife doesn't like poiki anymore because that's all we eat. <laughs> how many of you guys have experienced that? You know, you learn something new and that's all you do. But the point about the story is you need each other to learn something. You need each other to be grown. And that is every gifting that we get is so that we can walk to each other, encourage each other, and build each other up. Most importantly, the gifts we have helps each other to move forward. If you don't know how to finish a game, you power up. Because maybe you need to break down a wall. Maybe you need to run a little bit faster. Maybe you need to jump over something. Maybe you need to rip something apart. I don't know. It's a little morbid, but it's okay. Maybe you have to do that. But there is something that you need to help you move forward, and that is what we need to do. So once you've got it and you use it, the next thing you need to do is you need to check your heart. Because all of us get gifts. We've got two boys and a little girl. How many of you guys know that that's very difficult to buy gifts for? Especially when they're really close to each other in age. Because my daughter is a very girly girl. We spend hours doing makeup. I don't do makeup. I wear it, apparently. However, if we go to a place, and like a restaurant, and they're handing out toys, how many of you guys know she doesn't want what the girls get? She wants what the boys get. And the thing is, if you don't get what she wants, or if she doesn't get what she wants, she's grumpy. You have to get her the same thing. That is why when we get gifts, we need to check what happens within us because most gifts aren't obvious, but every gift is needed. Most gifts might not be used in a corporate setting, so you don't get that rock star status, but every gift is needed. And we need to make sure that what happens out here is driven through love. You cannot do anything operating a gift without love. I love um, how Paul talks to the Corinthians in chapter 12. And he tells them, like, everybody's different. Everybody's function is different. Every gift that you get is different. However, every gift is needed. And the thing that stands out is how he starts that passage is that Jesus gives out gifts 
as he feels is needed. So your gift that you have, Jesus gave it to you because he knows it can flourish within you. Because of who you are, you are the best person for that gift. Imagine they put me up for high jump. We ain't bringing home the gold medal, guys. That I can tell you. But we need to understand God gives gifts as he sees fit. And everything we do has to be done with love because if we don't do it with love, we don't build up. We break down. Because we go, how come Emma can play? And I can't. Okay? So every time I see Emma, I'm going to be a little bit hostile to him. Did you hear? He played that key wrong. Oh, what key? I don't know, the black one. Didn't sound right. I will find something wrong with him. And then we're not building up what God needs to use to change the world. We're breaking down. My wife always says I make better coffee than her, and it's true. (laughs) Just call me Moses. I am humble. Because it is true. When my wife makes me coffee, it's because she's in a rush. She's like, oh, these kids need to get to school, throw in hot water. Yeah, there, drink. (laughs) When I make her coffee, man, I whistle, birds come, they fly around the glass. The cows walk past, it's like full cream, 2%. My wife wants full cream today. And there's so much love poured into the coffee that I made for her. Because I know my wife needs a good cup of coffee this morning. She just needs a day. I draw hearts next to her coffee, put it under it and give it to her. So when she lifts it, she goes... Oh, because I cannot make hearts with cream yet. One day. But you see, it's because there's love put into the coffee. I don't say she doesn't love me. I just say she doesn't love the way she makes me coffee. But I love making coffee for my wife because I love the smile it puts on her face. I love the peace it brings to our house. So we've got to do everything out of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, Paul writes again, If I speak in tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If you don't function out of the power of love, it means nothing. And that is why we've always got to check what's happening with inside each and every one of us. How many of you, let me, let me chat to the gents. How many of you guys wash dishes? <laughs> How many of you guys wash dishes because you want to? I bought my wife a dishwasher to make life easier for her. I packed the dishwasher. 
But how many of you guys know there's certain things that's not allowed to go into the dishwasher? Did you know that? I was uninformed. So I packed everything into the dishwasher. Her, her Tupperware, her, her plates that aren't allowed to go into the dishwasher. And then I was informed that it should never happen again. And so I made her coffee. But if we go, I'm going to do the dishes, and we wash the dishes, and when she comes home, it's like, look at what I've done. I washed the dishes. And you did it and started it out to help her and to bless her just because we come and we go, look at what I've done, doesn't help. And we've got to do everything that we can from a platform of, I love you, I want to serve you. Because if you look at Peter and John as they were walking to the temple, they could have easily said, sorry, I don't have. How easy is that for us to do that at this moment? Car God comes to our car, it's like, I'll watch it for you. You go, okay. You get back, you pay with your card in the shop, you get to the guy and he goes, and then you ride away and you go, I didn't have. What Peter and John did was, listen, we don't have cash, but what we do have is the love of a father that wants to see you restored, that wants to see you built up that wants to see you move forward. So what I got, I am going to give. Maybe some of us need to start praying for the car gods that look after our car. Maybe some of us have to start sharing the word with certain people a little bit more. But do it out of a place of love and things change. Because that is what we need to do. Because what we need to understand is the gifts we get is for you, but it's not for you. Do you guys know why Jesus operates? Have a look here. It says in John 20 verse 30, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. This is John, towards the end of his um, gospel, he's writing all these things. Jesus has left, and he's penning this down, and he goes, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. You see, the gifts are for us to use, but it's the benefit of others and to point people to Jesus. Everything we do points people to Jesus. It should never point things to us because we can't do anything. Alison and myself had the privilege of being on a ministry trip um, to Brazil a few years ago. And Part of this ministry trip, we were on the ministering team where we actually had to go and pray for people. So every night, every day, we would be at a different church. And at these meetings that we had, there were thousands of people. 
And I remember this one evening, and, and these ministry meetings are long. You think 30 minutes in church is long. I do try two hours, and that was worship. And so I needed, so as the team, you sit right in front of wherever you are. And this one evening, I needed to go to the bathroom. So I had to shimmy all the way down the aisle and then try and get to the back. And on my way, I was like halfway to the back. I'm like, I'm going to make this. A lady grabs hold of my arm and she starts chatting to me in Portuguese. And I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying, lady, because the translator doesn't come with you to the toilet. How many of you guys know that? They've got the same sign for guy and girl in Brazil as well. So a dude in front of us goes, you know what? I can speak a little bit of English. Can I help you? I'm like, yes, please. So as she's chatting to me through this guy that is translating, I, I, I realize she wants me to pray for her son that is sitting next to her. How many of you guys have ever been dragged to church before or to somewhere by your mom that you didn't want to be there? How many of you guys love those moments? Uh, that, that was my life. So when I looked into this man's face, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel your pain, dude. Two hours, this is not your scene. You don't want to be here. And he's just sitting there, and he's looking at me, eyes red, and you can see he's just not in the mood. So his mom goes, please pray for him. He was in an accident. He, he went for an operation, but during the operation, there were complications, and they cut his, um, one of his ligaments, and he can't walk properly. But he's in a lot of pain. Would you mind praying for him? So I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that. Let me pray for you. I pray for him, and all of a sudden, I realize the look in his face has changed. And I... All of a sudden, I hear a whole lot of chatter in Portuguese, and I'm like, well, I don't know. And the translator turns to me, and he goes, you know what? He says the pain is gone. I'm like, okay, okay, that's cool. So I'm like, God bless you. I need to go to the bathroom. But the mother pulls me back again. It's like, no, no, but he can't walk properly. You see, he can't move his foot. So I'm like, okay, let's pray. So we pray, and his face changes again, but now he's sitting up a bit, and he starts lifting his foot up and down. So I'm like, well, okay, let's, let's see what happens. I'm like, dude, walk. And he walks, but dude, he looked like one of those really cool Brazilian guys. And I'm like, why do you walk like that? He's like, my knee, I can't bend my knee. I'm like, okay, is it sore? He's like, a little. So we pray for his knee, and his knee is okay. And then I'm like, okay, walk again. Let's test. Let's see what happens. But the mom chats to me. She goes, he doesn't believe in Jesus, so I'm just glad that he is listening to you. Because he's just come from the clubs as well. So he is drunk, and now his knee is in pain from his foot. So I'm like, okay, let's pray for him. And after the fourth time of praying for this guy, he walks perfectly. He looks me dead in the eye, and he walks straight past me 
to the front of the church while we are still preaching, and he talks to the guy that's on stage, and he goes, I want to give my life to Jesus. His mom is in tears, and I go, this is good, right? And she goes, this is really good. And, I, and my translator comes to the back and starts chatting to the mom, and he tells me, dude, he shouldn't be walking because he has metal pins from his waist down to his ankle. It was fused in because of the accident. And when God stepped in through the obedience of one and just used the gift of love and prayed for someone, something changed. But it didn't point him to me. It pointed him to Jesus. Because at that moment, he realized that Jesus is real. And he ran out of that building. And this is what we need to understand. Whatever we do is not for us. It is for Jesus. Peter and John heal a lame man. The people around them are astonished by what happens. And something, if you go read the rest of that passage, it gives Peter an opportunity to present the gospel to everybody that is standing around and watching him. Every gift we have gives us an opening to bring people closer to Jesus. Every gift we have has the opportunity to encourage and excite everybody else. Every gift we have allows others to discover their gift. You see, you got it. And I hope that you get to the realization that I get it, that I got it. Because what you have, God gave you. And everybody's got it, so use it. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for Pentecost, Father God, where we received the gift of the Holy Spirit here on earth. And Lord Jesus, may we come to the realization that you haven't left earth. That right now, here where we're sitting, you still want to fill us. You still want to use us. You still want to bless us. So Holy Spirit, I pray you will just fill each and every one of us right now. While your eyes are closed, can I ask you to just put out your hands in front of you like you're receiving a gift. Keep your eyes closed. I just want you to repeat this. Come Holy Spirit. Where you are sitting, just say, come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you more of you in everybody's life. More of you right now. Release the gifts in everyone's life sitting here right now so that we may operate and function in all that you have for us. May we use what we have to introduce ordinary people 
to an extraordinary God. Father God, I pray that where we were sitting and feeling dry and empty, may you top us up now to work from a place of overflow. Where we are walking around not knowing what gifts you have given us. And yes, he has given us all gifts. All of them, like we learned last week, are available and still working in us. I pray that we will come to the realization of it and start operating in it. So bless everyone here today, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.